0: This call is being recorded.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we usually sit down and do the PFF um, with the Thursday night game. It's a little bit different to get with John here tomorrow, uh, tonight. So we're, and you know, Friday nights, you know, Pete's busy. And you know, obviously, God bless Pete and good luck to all the kids at Treesboro, probably kicking off right about now. So good luck with all that. Um, we mix it up here. We go different guests on Friday. We had Jake in about a month ago. We got Jake Burns coming in now. We'll get to some things here. Uh, you know the news of the day, guys. Um, I don't think anybody was shocked. Um, the thing for me is there's no definitive amount to Miles Garrett's suspension. Um, regular season could carry over into postseason. I, that I don't like. It, it just gives me like a weird feeling because how do you set a precedence going further? So that that's the one thing I've got a little bit of an issue with. If you want to give Larry the one game, I mean, meanwhile, seven guys are beating a living daylights out of Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph still popping off and Miles, you know, and Larry just gave him a shove, Uh, you know, but let's not, you know, Marquise Pouncey gets three games. Really interesting that, you know, Mason Rudolph, you know, the Woody Woodpecker, the instigator of the entire thing that just ended up being the ugliest. Oh, well, he'll probably get a fine. I I mean, I guess whatever Uh, Mason Rudolph, 16 days, big guy. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, I'd wear the extra rib pads. I'd maybe go a little bit bigger on the shoulder pads that day because I got feeling the boys are coming. Jake, um, you, you know, went through this part here of the suspensions and stuff like that, guys, from the OBR, uh, Browns Film Breakdown, obviously the Browns Film uh, Breakdown podcast, over at Blue Wire. Uh, this is mentions, I guess none of it really surprises any amount of it. And I think the thing was the NFL is like, let's just get to this get this over with because you know we got 13 more games this weekend that we'd rather everybody be talking about
0: yeah i think they moved hastily which is uh which is good for everybody because as you know if you were hanging around on twitter last night jeff or or as we all do in in in, you know the morning and afternoons of our day as we kind of gather here for this social session and it was just the main topic so i'm glad they got it out of the way i'm glad they uh they, they, they alleviated what the mystery would be. I think to me, here's what I thought initially, um, you know, saying I kind of thought like if this were week one, Jeff, this would be a six game suspension. And um, it kind of works out perfectly that it is six games left in the year. This guy suspended through the end of the year. And we're going to put the cherry on top and say indefinite. And we're going to put the cherry on top and say that if they got to the playoffs, which is a very slim hope, they have hope but it's slim that if they do, that they would actually feel the crunch of this guy not being in the playoffs with them. But I think their thinking is like, Hey, we're going to sound really tough here. We're going to say the indefinite suspension through the end of the year. He'll be back. I have no doubt that he'll be back at the beginning of 2020. He'll do all the right things because he's done all the right things in his life. He had a character mishap. Um, You know, a lot of people live really clean lives and do a lot of great things, but there are some people who are good people that make mistakes and, um, those mistakes can sometimes be carried out in the public eye. And Miles happened to be one of those mistakes out of character uh, incidents where it happened in front of a million, 16 million people, or however many of you or were stuck around during the last eight seconds of that game. And it's, it's extremely unfortunate. I've had the opportunity to talk to Miles one-on-one um, when I was up covering camp and, and I've had the opportunity at the time at these press conferences that I I was able to attend and, there is no more fascinating, introspective, you know, deep, detailed person than Miles Garrett. This is not who he is. I don't think there's any person who has ever talked to him or been around him or watched his stuff uh, who thinks this is who he is. But I do think there is some sort of anger management thing going on. And I think he has to work on as a young guy. He's so he's still so young. What is he, 23, 24? He's 24 so young. I'm 30 yeah, I'm 30. And it's like, I'm thinking about this guy who's like also 30. No, he's a 23 year old man. And I, you know, when I was 23, I was just barely out of college and mistakes happen. And he's got a lot of maturing to do. And I think this sort of thing where the game is taken away from you, everything that you've grown accustomed to and love and get paid to do, and you're passionate about gets taken away from you. Um, it can, it can really be jarring. It can really wake you up. But you know, the moral of my story, Jeff is, uh, um, it's not it's not who he is. I think there's there's things that you and I can talk about here that I think led us to this point, And I'm going to eventually write on this, but um, I, it's, it's not who he is. And I hope that it doesn't follow him around or, or, or sort of linger over his head for the next, you know, 12 to 10, to 12 years as he's in the NFL.
1: See, that was that was the most difficult thing today about seeing and, you know, people now all of a sudden they know everything about the Cleveland Browns. You know, Miles Garrett is the biggest, baddest nerd that's ever walked the planet. But you never saw the bad part of it. Um, You know, goofball. I mean, who gets a dog and then 10 days later invites, you know, half of Cleveland to meet him at a park for a doggy play date, for God's sakes. Uh, Rents out a place to have a Game of Thrones series finale party. First things first, people won't – players won't do this, period. And, you know, and then I bring up, you know, obviously the, the guy who stopped him to get a selfie with him, sucker punches him. Which, you know, I'm not saying this had anything to do with it, but this is one thing where you, you do worry about things and the people around Miles saying, hey, dude, maybe you're out there too much and you got to be careful about that. Um, because, you know, if Miles swings back at some pedestrian who threw a punch at him, guess who the story is, Miles Garrett. But everybody talking about, like, Miles Garrett is this thug. Yes, he's going to have to do some counseling. But, like, you know, the league, oh, we'll, we'll meet with him and see where he's ba- is as far as a reestatement. They're going to be like, well, oh, okay. So, you know, and I always go back to this. Yeah. And with the one thing my father always told me is, you know, some people can just take things and take and take and take. And he says, you know, there's some people pop off all the time. Look, I had a bunch of brothers. We all had a bunch of different personalities. He says, it's the one guy who never breaks. Because when they do, it, it comes down like a dam. Look, whatever happened yesterday. And look, you know, Mason Rudolph can try to play whatever. Something. Somehow, some way, there was a line crossed. Whether it was the nuts going after the nuts or something, something there set Miles off, and and it's funny because you know that there were you know, some of the negators on Miles Garrett of you know, well, is he too nice? Is he you know? Uh, well, the, you saw that you know when a man gets aggravated, the man gets aggravated. But I mean, that's it's about much more I want to spend on this because it's it's so out of character it's just and like you said it's so not miles garrett and everybody who's got to flee to the yeah. dead carcass and you know want to like rain on the guy's parade oh well he should be out of the league yeah. really albert hainsworth cleated a guy with no yeah. helmet on right on his forehead it's look terrible look for miles yeah
0: garrett.
1: miles garrett will get over
0: it, 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 it it's unfortunate that all of these these It's the same thing that happens when Baker Mayfield says a quote or a one line that everybody Mm -hmm. wants to talk about. It's like it's like every single person and every single talk show weighs in and then every one of their little segments pops up on social media. And it's just you go through what is now a, uh, a social media ringer whenever something like this happens and everybody has their opinion. And it's it's just sort of it's. Overwhelming to sit back and take it all in. Like I just was trying to record my podcast last night, and I'm just like, my head hurts, man. I can only imagine how Miles feels because, like I said, mistakes happen. He made a big mistake. I am not condoning what he did. If that helmet hits Mason Rudolph at the wrong part of the head with the velocity he's bringing, it could have done serious damage. There's no doubt what he did was a heinous act. But I will say that he's retreating. Yeah, I mean, like he's retreat. He he wasn't okay. If you break it all down, it's, it's interesting because Miles, and we'll, we'll move on, but like Miles is, is, is hanging on a little bit too long. They fall down gingerly. Something happens when they're falling down. Something is said. You can see three people yelling at the official, and then all of a sudden Miles has his helmet being raked at, which if you think about it, Jeff, his helmet being raked at, Is kind of a sensitive thing for him because in the last three or four games, he's had his helmet removed on the field a couple times and he hasn't been called for a flag, which boils into his never getting called for holding when he should be getting called for holding situations. And I think he was close to a multiple number of sacks. It was just really, I think he, he started to get frustrated. Mason took it to a whole new level by yanking at his helmet. So he takes Mason's helmet off to kind of like, Hey man, enough is enough. Then he's retreating, has DeCastro holding him by his collar. And then, you know, all of a sudden Mason's charging at him. And I think if in retrospect, if he just drops the helmet and throws a haymaker, he gets a couple games, but in the helmets in his hand and he he swings it at him. So it's like, I, I don't know, man, I don't think miles was in, intentful on, Hey man, I'm going to take this freaking dude's helmet off and swing it at him. I think when he got charged at, when he was retreating and it would look like it was over, it seemed like it was just going to go away. But then all of a sudden he swings the helmet because he feels like he's being attacked. Anyway, he'll relive that moment in his life a million times, man. He'll think it through in his head what he could have done differently. I just hope that the public can understand that, that nobody's perfect. And um, he's got to do some things to get his mind right mentally on the field that, that he is not. Uh, It doesn't make you a weak person to walk away from things. And I think that's an entire Browns team situation, that it doesn't make you a weaker man to walk away from situations that are uh, intense and you don't want to get caught. And I think that has to happen from the head coach down. I think that that is a message, um, you know, even the GM down that has to start to be shared uh, amongst this team. And uh, I hope it does. And, and um, you know, I hope, I hope miles can, can come out of this in a better situation. Really the whole franchise can learn something from it because it is a black eye on, uh, on everybody in Berea right now. And
1: one of the things and we'll just close with it here is when you have this much talent and teams kind of sense that they are out talented when they play them, what do you do? Can I get in your head? Can, can I do something to get you off your game? And that's something, uh, whether it's Odell, with you know, with miles that we saw last night, and obviously with Baker, this is things teams are trying to do. Uh, we'll move on here. I want to get to a little offense from last night, a little defense. Look, we still want to talk about the ball game. Browns won last night. Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk about that. Guys, Mybookie.ag. My favorite betting day of the year is not too far away. Takes a big Thanksgiving guy as well, but you can do a three-team parlay. Mm-hmm. You got three games on Thanksgiving. You got sole viewership of three games. Three hours, half an hour. Three hours, half an hour. Best day of the year. Whether you want to parlay, where you want to take some individual fantasy players, bet on the over/unders. Bet each game individually, any way you want to do it. The odds are the best at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code locked on, all caps, no space. Locked on. They will match your initial deposit up to uh, 50%, up to $1,000. So that means you put in some of the, your money. They'll give you some of their money. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. We appreciate the fine folks over at mybookie for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. A little bit lost in this, and it's, I mean, and and like you were talking about trying to do your podcast last night, Um, got everything set up, all right, there's about a minute left, I text Pete, yo, we'll be ready rock in five minutes, and then you're just sitting there staring at the TV for that last few seconds, like, oh my good God, but uh, look, Odell Deep early, whoa, nice to see one of those. Um, you're, you're getting more understanding of Kareem hunt and how you can use him. Um, the Yolo bowl, or he just went over, um, Carlson, which it sucks for Carlson because here's a kid that's got a highlight for the rest of his life on a circus catch. Nobody's talking about, but Jake, you know, some stuff last night, can this offense look this defense and what you're essentially looking at right now with miles Garrett is really, really bad hamstring injury. The Browns haven't had really a significant injury the last this year or last year you've had some guys miss some time, you know Kirksey maybe but you know Kirksey wasn't having the effect that he is, but teams do lose stars. They're losing a star here. But this offense, Jake, was supposed to be a closer to a 30 point a week offense. And can they get that and find a way to play some D?
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's tough i think I think first off, they've played a gauntlet of defenses, and that does mean something. They have played almost every team living and existing um you know inside the top ten of grades and d v o a and all of those things. And uh, I think the Ravens and the Seahawks are the only two that they haven't played. And they played those defenses when they're at their best. Like, they played San Francisco before they lost Quan Alexander. You know, they they play Pittsburgh when they're bye. really dialed in. And Minka, yeah, and after a bye in, in San Francisco. And, um, you know, when Minka's dialed back in. And, and for the most part, they've played these defenses when they're hot. The New England is coming off, picking, uh, you know, all the scraps left on the field by Sam Darnold. It's like, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's an unfortunate thing now. They have opportunities coming up like Miami's playing a little bit better football, but, uh, you know, the, them and, and, and Arizona and uh, Cincinnati, whatever they're doing uh, uh, down south and and uh, it should it should be opportunities to put points on the board. However, um, they're they're still far from a well-oiled machine. They're still not communicating very well. And it's evident that uh, there are times when 13 is lining up in the wrong spot or doesn't quite know what he's doing or the timing isn't quite there with with Mayfield. I think that Baker is, is, is improving in terms of taking care of the football for the most part. He's only had one interception, and that was that goofy little flip interception there against New England over the last, I think, three or four games. So he's playing better. Uh, still, in my opinion, having watched it now, he is still – Here's where he's struggling, Jeff, and where their offense isn't going to quite get where it needs to go until he can he can feel comfortable. I don't think this is all his fault, but I think there's a level of comfortability he's got to get to as a quarterback. He does a very good job working read one to read two or to his check down in clean pockets, whether that's a shallow cross or whether that's a back out late, he still is panicking within the pocket, not doing what he needs to do with his feet and not getting the ball to who he needs to get the ball to when his first and sometimes second reads are taken away from him. The best in the game can work through and find kinks and defenses and get the ball out where it needs to get to. Baker has this desire to play on the run, which is part of who he is. That's great. He likes to play like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, but he's not that athlete. So he has to be able to figure out how. Do I play more like Drew Brees? How do I play more like the cerebral guys who are more pocket-based? Like he's got athleticism to get out of the pocket and make throws on the run. We've seen it, but it doesn't need to be something he lives by. And as he ages, it is going to only get worse. Um and he does not have a great body. It is, it is, if he eats one too many cheeseburgers, Bad I think it shows up on the hip. And I I've been I've been suffering through that my entire life as like a guy <laughs> who had to lose weight to be an effective quarterback. Like you, you really have to be careful. And I think. Um, there was a little bit of mass put on. I don't think he's gotten fat, but there was like a little bit of mass put on between year one and year two. You get married, you go on the honeymoon, all that stuff happens. The fat life can take over, but I I wouldn't call him fat, but he's a little thicker. And I don't know if that decision to get a little thicker was due to wanting to be able to handle a little bit more punishment or if it was just, hey, I didn't work as hard as I needed to, but he has to change how he approaches things within the pocket. Now that can improve as the, the offensive line improves in front of him and he has more trust in them and what they're doing and protecting him. But at the same time, he has to calm himself down, and I think he plays a little too fidgety. If he can calm himself down and work read to read, find checkdowns, find shallow crosses, find holes in zones that are left by blitzers or even um, you know by, by number advantages to either side, he will be fine. He's just – his mind is too quick and his body is trying to catch up, and when that is happening, you see the crazy sprint out of the pocket when he shouldn't sprint out of the pocket or missing things that are happening right in front of him. They are good enough, though, Jeff, like you said – To be able to figure it out like Nick Chubb is good enough this offensive line blocks wide zone and some of those other things good enough that they'll run the ball well, they'll be able to play action, they should be able to put points on the board in the second half, half of the year here. And uh, obviously, if they if they can beat Miami, then it comes down to how do you put enough points on the board to beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, which will be a pretty hostile Sunday, one o'clock kick environment. And, um, you know, if they if they can, uh, you know, I guess find some some ways to keep Baker comfortable, keep him moving out of the pocket organically through boot play action, different things, and uh, give him some good one on one chances to his receivers. Uh, I think that they have a shot. I think that they have to figure out what's best for him. Still, and I'm not entirely sure that they're there yet with what his his uh, his 2019 strengths are. I don't, I'm not saying Freddie's doing a bad job. I think that gets that gets pushed. And pushed and pushed and I'm not saying that necessarily, but I also don't think that Freddie does a good job. Like he scripts play action really well. I was talking to Brendan Leister about this. He scripts play action like 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 a genius. But once the script runs out, he did not really work in much effective play action. They don't do it very well. So they need to be able to do that in a continuous cycle and give him some easy throws, Jeff. He needs some easy schemed up throws where they know, hey, on second down they play a lot of cover six. What route do we have that works well against cover six? Get him this throw. That's an easy throw for him. They. need more of it they're doing some screen stuff they're trying to do some of these things but they're just not doing it well enough so I'm paying keen attention to that I think the defense is going to struggle a little bit obviously losing Miles losing uh, Morgan Burnett and uh, um, who else they lose Eric Murray they have lost they're down they're down some guys uh, but they don't play any of these dynamic offenses really the rest of the way other than maybe you could call uh, the Cardinals kind of dynamic at some some form or fashion but fun uh, it, for right you know now. You when they the get talent, they're
1: going to be dangerous yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely. And some of these young guys there get a little bit older. I think I think that they have the offense that should be able to do it. You would think as time goes on some of these miscommunications like that corner route that should have been a touchdown to Odell in the left corner on a deep ball that was just miscommunication and look up in time. Some of those things I think are going to eventually work themselves out. They're going to run the ball a little bit better. I thought they were really ineffective running the football last night. Not many defenses are up front and stout as Pittsburgh. So you think they're going to be okay. Can that be okay enough though, Jeff, to win, you know, six straight football games, five of the next six. I don't know, man, you can't slip up and your, your margin of error is even smaller now that you lost a top three defensive player in the NFL. So, um, Yeah, fingers crossed. I've lost. I've been preaching the whole get to six and go for it from there. You got four games to prove your worth. But I've kind of tempered my expectations now losing um, what they've lost. And I'm just sort of here to see if the offense can get a little bit better, a little bit more cohesive, because I think if Freddie's going to make that pitch to keep his job, um, because some things are stacking up against him. I want him to keep his job. I don't want to have a one-year head coach. I want him to keep his job. He needs to see some market improvement from this offense in the second half of the year to really sit at the table and be like, look, man, I got this going in the right direction. Let's go to year two.
1: Um, and this is kind of and, and the points you're bringing here, and it's, it's one of Baker's issues because, you know, we've seen games where Baker, there's a couple interceptions early. So what does he do next then? Tries to throw a hero ball to score – you know, 18 points. So if your quarterback's doing that and now everybody's on the mat and there is the, look, you can't fix the first eight weeks in one week. And that's one of the things this team is going to have to do is it's, I don't want to hear about the next seven games. Find a way to sneak out of a freaking W on Sunday. Um, just one more here offensively, Jake, the hunt and Chubb thing here, it's, there's a chance for it to be good. There's a chance for it to be really, really good. Um, but it's tricky because you don't want to distort what Nick Chubb, do, Nick Chubb's doing the guy has 2000 yards rushing. His first career start was October 21st in 2018. So, I mean, that is damn, damn impressive, but what do you do? Do you sit with each back and do you maybe say, all right, well, give me five Kareem, give me five that you like, where you really think there's something. Because we kind of know what we got working with with Nick, and you don't necessarily want to make Kareem the sacrificial lamb. Like, all right, you know, and he enjoys the blocking, but um, Kareem Hunt, you know, it's either more about money or what's going to go on next year. I mean, he, the guy wants his own career, too. How, how do you balance between two backs that are this
0: stinking talented? Well, I think since there's an uncertain future with Kareem in Cleveland and whether that happens, I think you keep Nick as happy as you can. I think you give him as many comfortable carries as you can within game flow. And I think they've done that the last two weeks. I think you hit the nail on the head where you say, hey, Kareem, um, you know, we have this package of five inside zone plays we really like for you. And uh, we have obviously these plays we like for you out of the slot. Here's what I need you to know. Here's what your fly sweep plays are. Here's what your crackback plays are. Here's your screen plays uh, for you on the perimeter. And, you know, keep him as an active part of things. And I think that that – to me, would be the best way to go about it. And obviously, whenever Nick needs spilled, like we saw Nick at the end of the game get a little dinged up there in the lower half, uh, you know, you have Kareem ready to go and handle things. But I don't think you make it a 50-50 thing. I think Nick's playing too good at football, and he's too good in what, what the offensive line is good at here, how they block wide zone. I think he's way too good at that. He's even much better than Kareem at the wide zone stuff. Like Kareem does probably the all around aspects of playing running back in a more effective clip, catching the football, uh, doing some things, especially in power run game that he's really effective at, but uh, for what they're good at up front and what they should be doing a lot of, like I said, that wide zone, stretch zone stuff, they're good at. um, It should be Nick's workhorse uh, carry distribution thing, because, you know, like I said, a big, a big part of it is, you want to keep 27 happy because he's your bell cow and he's your guy you have here for the next 3 years and you know that while Kareem might be a guy that you don't have so you want to make sure Nick doesn't feel slighted he's comfortable in his role and also he's really damn good so and um but there are games like last night where Pittsburgh was just taking it away they were just consistently taking that aspect of the game away and you have to have Kareem ready to go hey man we got to do some different things and we need you in the backfield on these this series and um they have that nice mix. It'd be lovely to keep those two guys together. I don't know if it comes to fruition. There's obviously some things that could stop that, but um, you know, for now, keep, keep riding him and keep doing different weird, uh, weird things with, with Kareem Hunt because he's, he's effective wherever you put him. Uh,
1: And the thing with not uh, and where it's tough is because, you know, Nick is the better athlete where Kareem may be able to do a little bit more of everything, but Nick's also the better disciplined runner. Kareem kind of is a little bit of running hair on fire. So, I mean, you're not going to rock that boat. Um, what do you do? You slap a second round tender. Uh, you know, if somebody's gonna take them, you know, then just go drift another back. You'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, Nick is the guy for right now. Guys, we're gonna flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, but here's where I'm gonna tell you: treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant, whether it's a chain, whether it's local, come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Use the promo code all caps locked on. Look, whether it's work, whether it's kids, whether it's, you know, two people sharing. House, it's just so much goes on. You get home sometimes, the last thing you want to worry about is what in the world you're going to fire up on the oven for dinner. DoorDash. Have them save you out. Like I said, check out the app, Google, iPlay. Use the promo code, all caps locked on, $5 off your first order of $15 or more. I guess I'm going to start here. And uh, when I do this, I will say congratulations to Joe Schobert and his wife, Megan. Fantastic people. Um, uh, they got their first child on the way. And look, Jakey's, it, it's not been perfect for Joe this year, there's been some ups and downs but you want to talk about last night and uh, I believe the PFF grade was almost 94, which is always a good indicator. Um, but Joe's usually one. It's really easy to see in a live watch. Um, y- you pick up a tackle tackler too, but now you're talking about a guy now at Wisconsin kind of had a reputation of an edge rusher. You saw that last night. Uh, he's become a linebacker mm-hmm. here with the Browns. You saw that in spades last night. He was a high school safety two interceptions last night you me and there's so many of us that preach the type of guy this is you're talking about a guy who's got a blend of a safety an edge rusher and a middle linebacker uh we preach intelligence in this day and age of 2019 football being able to understand every aspect of it Uh, another great night for joe and it's just nice to see it go and could mac wilson kind of be that type of guy yeah, there's going to be some growing pains along the way, and we've seen them. There's been goods and bads, uh, but Joe, a phenomenal night, and it, it, it's great to see because when normally I don't care about linebacker play, Jake. I was a wide receiver, I was a defensive back, but one. When...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think what's going to be um, you know most interesting with Joe is is. Um, you know, how, how they value him and how that's changed. I think we went into the year, Jeff, I would say that, uh, it was, it was, who are they going to keep? Are they going to keep Demarius Randall? Are they going to keep Joe? Are they going to be able to cultivate enough money for those guys? And, um, you know, we, we were a little concerned about how they were going to be able to function with all of that. And, um, you know, it was interesting to me, at least, it was interesting that, um, you know, there was, there was at least a little bit of, uh, nervousness about all of that, where they would go with that money. So, you know, with, with Joe, he's proven to be consistent enough. He's proven to be, um, you know, effective in space, effective being able to move around. And I think that's, what's most important, uh, is a guy who can do, like you said, running off the edge, rushing off the edge, a guy who can, um, have the ability to, uh, Um, you know, make plays in the middle of the field as a true Mike linebacker. He can do everything you need a Mike linebacker to do. He's not the most effective uh, in space running guy, but I do think he's an effective and has the ability to, uh, to at least anchor down in zone and run with tight ends down the middle of the field. So with what's going on, I'm pretty sure between like Demarius Randall's ugly hit last night and uh, Miles Garrett's fiasco, I think it's pretty safe that they're going to need a defensive stalwart to lock up for a long time. And I think that they they feel pretty confident in Joe being that guy. I would feel confident. You need a face of your defense. And I think that they will certainly re-sign him because he had a career game, 10 tackles, two quarterback hits that led to incompletions on third downs, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of, of uh, um, interceptions in and in a sack. He was all over the field. A career night on a big stage when they needed that from him.
1: The thing that I took away from it, and it was well, like, you know, when you talk about, you know, chips being down and you go into that game and it's three and six and look, the season was over and the season was over. If you did not get that W last night uh, and you look around to the measure of the man and say, look, you know, who understands the significance of this night? Who's going to put out the a plus performance. Wasn't really a surprise that Joe was one of those guys um, as nervous as I was, whether or not, maybe there was a possibility they would extend Joe. I think I feel a lot better after the JC Treader extension, yeah. And also, where John Dorsey says, "All you right, you need Antonio, a face of okay. the
0: defense. Absolutely. I mean, you do. You after that. what happened, you need you need you need a guy who is the face of your defense. You know, will do all the right things in the public face. Will do all the right things in a respectful manner on the field. You don't have a doubt about that. You need that guy. And unfortunately, Randall hasn't stepped up to the plate from his play, from his some of his actions." Miles doing what he did last night, unfortunately, I think, like you said, a guy stepped up to the plate in a big moment in a big game when they needed it most. And I think when it's time to sit down at the table, they they need to pony up because they don't need to have another hole in the middle of their defense, Jeff.
1: No, you can't keep doing this year in, year out. And you need that guy you can rely on. And, you know, I said this going into this season, how they gave the seed to Christian Kirksey and not Joe Schobert, because the reason Joe Schobert became the player we all loved It's because he was covering for the fact that Christian Kirksey was hurt the last two years. You guys know this show. I love Christian Kirksey. Love everything about him. Great, fantastic man. But he was a player for this team before I was covering them. I've never seen good Christian Kirksey. I saw it from afar. Joe Schobert, I've seen good Joe Schobert. And the other thing is, I don't think Joe Schobert, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's, you know, looking to break any bank. Make it fair. Make it right. He's cool with riding out this ride and continuing on his path with these guys. He loves his guys. Loves his boys. I mean, I talked to him on Valentine's Day last year, Jake, and he still was saying that the hamstring was a little bit cranky. But So that means to show you that he came back after three games, and that's just the type of guy you want to roll with. Uh, The Secondary here, now all of a sudden, this has become a big-time mess. Uh, Sadly, Morgan Burnett, I think, certainly played better than most of us thought. He's now gone. Jermaine Whitehead, got to be gone. Uh, Now you are into the Justin Burris. Murray, it's not really sure what's going on. Like, they tried to clarify it after they made it sound like he was out for the year. Maybe it's one of those things, if the games are big enough, there might be a possibility he could play. I don't know. But there's Justin Burris. Uh, Randall looks like he's going to survive and be available next week. What do you do here? I mean, look, obviously, Carey's been kind of playing that, nickel roll that they liked, but it's getting real thin back there. And I mean, I guess you have no choice because at four and six, you at least kind of got to look at uh, you know, Sheldrick Red Wine just to see how many safeties you need to put on the roster for twenty twenty. But the other I mean it, it's a really difficult time in the year to be saying, well, we could use a pass rusher and we could use a safety. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're they're hamstrung. A lot of teams are getting that way and the Browns are certainly hamstrung by this stuff. Uh, um, You know, I think, I think Denzel played fine. He's going to continue to play fine. He's working back. I'm still a little worried about greedy Williams last two weeks. Teams have been finding him and picking on him. There were a couple opportunities for Pittsburgh to get downfield on him that were missed throws, or he had a pass interference call on. If he's going to be a face guard kind of guy and Wilkes wants to do that, do more of it. It was obvious last night. They wanted to do more two man and, Um, You know, single solo cover one stuff, then they have to be able to turn a run with people. And I was a little worried about greedy in that endeavor. Luckily, Pittsburgh is anemic completing deep throws right now. We'll see if they keep doing that. Um, Mitchell, sorry, right, Jeff, they are there to pinch at safety. Justin Burris is, I think, a better player than we've given him credit for. He stepped in and done a nice job. Um, I thought he was the guy who should have been playing over Mr. Twitter fingers, uh, himself, number 35 <laughs> there. I'm not going to say his name because he might be having me on his hit list. You never know. Um, I, I certainly think he was playing better football deserved to, 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 play that role. So it's, it's really Demarius Randall, um, looking to finish his year strong. So he has any kind of bargaining room with anybody, whether it's Cleveland or someone else for a one-year deal, or, um, you know, I think Burris will be the other safety, and then it's Sheldrick Redwine who's who's going to have to play in crisis mode. And I thought he did some things effectively enough, but he's not an NFL caliber player starter right now. So they have to hope Burris holds it down. There might be some growing pains there, and that Randall can can get back to playing a better level of football. But they're tight, man, and they're tight up front. If you're if you're, you're if if, if OV isn't back and he doesn't make it back in ten days, you cross your fingers he is. You're starting Chris Smith. It would be really nice to have a Jenard Avery, but unfortunately, that's it's it's. it's that's neither here nor there at this point anymore, but they're going to be extremely tight up front and they're going to have to blitz. They're going to have to bring pressure and to have to be creative to get after the quarterback. And they need those two interior guys to, to play much better. And I think, you know, Larry is going to miss this upcoming week. So they're, they're going to be a little tight against, um, you know, against Miami, but they, 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 you just you you need those guys to have heroic efforts. I, I don't I don't know. They're they're, they're not going to have a ton of playmakers. You need Joe to be good. Need Sheldon to be really good. Need Larry to be effective. And then you need uh you know your secondary guys to cover pretty well. So luckily the schedule lightens up because the the timing here kind of stinks. Oh, uh, there's no
1: doubt about that. But it's also going to come to this though. I mean, every one of these guys. Look, you know, you you've got a player at the linebacker position. You've still got Sheldon Richardson. Hopefully you have Olivier Vernon. You no, know, Larry's only going to be one game. That's still a pretty decent three out of four on a defensive line. Uh a lot of, I'll tell you right now, the Jets would sell their souls to have a cornerback duo of Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. So it's not like you're running out slouches and you know losing pass rush hurts, and losing consistent pass rush like Miles Garrett does hurt. Maybe you got to keep it a little bit more basic on first and second down. And then you go what they've been doing the last couple of weeks with Miles, where it's seven, eight. Around the line of scrimmage, and you're going to be, for the most part, probably playing some young quarterbacks. Cincinnati, you're going to be playing Finley twice. Kyler Murray still hasn't seen a ton, obviously. Uh, I'm, a, you know, I'll assume Fitz is going to start for Miami. That's one you got to have to just worry about because he's seen everything. But you'll be playing young cornerbacks, so you know, just the variety of what you're showing can make for some issues. There's, you know, there is that aspect of it, but everybody. You know, and sit down. I mean, you have so many guys who have quality star resumes. Odell needs to look at a Denzel Ward and say, I'm going to play better. Are you going to play better? He needs to, you know, Denzel needs to look at a Jarvis Landry. Are you going to play? Buy in. It's not ridiculous if they could run the table here with the talent without Miles Garrett. It's not ridiculous to say, you know, Baltimore is obviously probably at home is going to be your toughest one. But it it can be done. It, It can be done. Uh, question is whether or not are all the is the recipe in place from top to mid to bottom GM front office coaches players is it all there uh, you know getting a guy like Kareem I mean you added you know so you say you added Kareem Hunt but lost Miles Garrett I mean you know it, it, it's a nice addition even though it's a big subtraction you found a way to get better some aspects but you lost one it's it's gonna be tough it's there's no doubt about that. But we knew there was a possibility that the record could not be so great going into the second half of the season. But with all these guys,
0: you know, there was a good chance we were going to lose somebody. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, um, that's what's kind of been tough about all of it is that they're in a position where they've kept everybody that's been important healthy, but they've dropped some of those early games. Like you're going to look back on the Denver game and you're going to look back on that Seattle game and say, man, that difference between four and six and six and four is pretty wild. And, um, I think we did some of that last year when you looked at the first part of the season with Oakland and new Orleans in 2018, it's, a, uh, you, you know, in the NFL, Jeff, as you know, buddy, you can't, you cannot, you cannot lose games that you're supposed to win and you cannot lose games that are tight up against, uh, Um, you know chunks of the schedule so the first half chunk you had to win games that you had in your hand they didn't do enough of that so they put their backs against the wall you put your backs against the wall one injury whether that injury was Baker whether that injury was was uh, you know Odell or whatever they've um, you know Miles wasn't an injury but it's a loss of a player like it is a season-ending injury and you just you're narrow for um, you know your window of of, uh, opportunity your back gets a little closer and tighter against the wall and margin for error just keeps shrinking I kind of look at it as these two walls closing together and those walls are really tight right now when you lose miles they get even tighter so um, listen I just want them to do well the second half of the year here go four and two I will be okay with that pushing into the next part of um, 2020 and and then they can go and try to learn and grow from there they, they need to win these games they're supposed to win the toss-up games are Pittsburgh and the toss-up game is um, you know, Baltimore at the end of the year. So that's where I'm at. Hopefully they finish strong, buddy, and hopefully they can uh, overcome the, the the tough odds they put themselves in.
1: Yeah, uh, guys, always a blast here with Jake Burns from the OBR, Film Breakdown. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the L O B.